Hello, everybody. Thanks for joining me. This is Calvin, your host of the Crypto Drip podcast. This week, Goose and I talk about Oracle Pools, TCD again, and uh, just about what we've been doing over the last week. Um, if you like these podcast episodes, please let us know in the comments and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash the crypto drip and you can also sign up to become a premium member of the crypto drip community by going to the crypto drip.com slash join all right let's get into it good evening goose how you doing man i'm doing good dude good saturday all around not as good as yours though you went to the lake <laughs> today with the family so how uh how i did that I did. It was really, it was awesome. It, it was kind of, uh, I was not expecting much, to be honest, not because my family isn't awesome. They are awesome. Uh, but because it was uh, kind of stormy and a little rainy. Mm. And I was like, mm. man, it was like a hundred and something degrees two days ago. Yeah. Um, we decided to go to not really a lake. It's kind of like a reservoir. It was awesome. Uh, because it? it wasn't, it wasn't too hot and uh, but it was just hot. It was like 85 or just close to 90. So it was like perfect. We could just sit out on the sand and not like completely roast. Yeah. It was awesome. Well, that's good, dude. Like, you know, times like this, like where the market's just kind of consolidating, accumulating, whatever you want to call it, like getting out and just being outside is just such a good breather away from, you know, everything. Yeah. Getting away from the screens in general, especially you, like whose day job outside of, you know, TCD and, you know, being on Twitter and investing and the cryptocurrency market of all things, like getting outside is, you know, is super healthy and definitely a priority people should be taking up at, you know, very boring times like this. Well, not so boring because uh, <laughs> Bitcoin uh, looks like it's ramping up. Where do you see this going for a little bit? You know, I feel like I have, uh, so the recent dip, the recent, I think it's probably around 50%. Uh-huh. Um, that's my first, my first dip, my first major dip. And a lot of, I, yeah. I don't feel like a lot of people actually realize this. Like I got into crypto last year, so right. I am fresh dude. And <laughs> I, I probably talk like I know a lot about crypto. Um, but that's just because I'm opinionated. So, um, right. but like, yeah, it's, it, I, I feel like I have a little bit of, uh, I don't want to say PTSD because I mean, come on, it's not really. But I, it, it, it was not fun going through so many like ups and downs over the last couple months. And yeah, I've I've had two or three times where I was like, oh, we're we're coming back. Um, I know. <laughs> you, and uh, then they just get like hammered. So, but it's been what like ten days. Um, yeah, I think this will uh, this will be the eleventh candle. Yeah, or we yeah, just closed. Green. Yeah. Yep. So this would be the 11th today. So yeah, yeah it's looking and- good, dude. Um, we just closed the monthly candle, which was nice. And we closed it in the blue. We engulfed a bunch of these, you know, downwards trending uh, monthlies, which was awesome. If we close yeah. tomorrow, uh, this Sunday, this weekly close looks gorgeous. And, yeah. um, you know, I think Bitcoin's going to do its own thing. I don't know really, like, for one, especially after a let me let's look at this yeah 10 day move like what really happens we haven't really done that more than a handful of times in the history of bitcoin so you know 
if we keep going up, like if we keep going up, but I, I see some consolidation here. I don't know how altcoins are going to react. Um, but Bitcoin's looking strong. This was a this was a much needed reversal, I think. Um, and we'll see where we go from here. So, yeah, I mean, I agree. I, I think it's uh, it's definitely more of a positive trend than the previous times, and and the previous times were kind of invalidated after you know yeah. two days. Yeah. So. Oh, a hundred percent. This was like. Yeah, this was definitely like reversal energy, <laughs> like coming back from yeah. the, the very lows yeah. of like the twenty nines, thirties. Yeah, yeah, and I mean that's actually that's that's kind of what you said, right? One of your Monday market updates on the CryptoDrip.com, um, I think back in was it in May or June? You were like, summer's going to be kind of brutal, and then we'll pick back up at the end. Yeah, I mean, like, well, there's a lot of reasons for that, like. One, like we have the whole grayscale thing. If you read the article, you understand that like very Bitcoin specific phenomenon. Two, you have like just an investing sort of uh, ideology that's been apparent throughout history. Like the summer months are very slow, boring. Quarter two in terms of, you know, corporations earnings are usually slow. Uh, So so there you have your, you know, like overall investing um, theme. So, so I was just kind of putting two together. And then you have even like the four-year trends, like <laughs> even 2017's run up July or uh, June, July, um, and a little bit of May, like sprinkled in, had a very considerable uh, dip within the uh, the broader bull cycle. So, I mean, it was yeah. just kind of, it wasn't obvious, obviously, but like, you know, you just get used to like recognizing that there are going to be some slow months and, but really like grasping the, exponentiality of what this broader cycle is doing is the hard part, right? Like the numbers all seem big in linear forms, but when you start to look at, you know, kind of the trajectory of the market in terms of like the technology, like network effects and technology adoption, like things start to get pretty, pretty crazy and, and hard to believe. So that's what makes it hard. Um, But, you know, people are starting to pick up to that, the more that people do, you know, the more burgeoning asset class like Bitcoin, like cryptocurrencies in general, you know, starts to pick up steam and we start to uh, get a better foothold on like, you know, just the broader economic landscape. So so in our past episode, if uh, you haven't heard, we basically unveiled like kind of our plans for a DAO um, and and how do we move from like here to uh, the crypto drip DAO, but also like a platform that kind of decentralizes content creation in the crypto space. Um, and so, you know, Goose and I were talking just recently before this call, um, you know, maybe we should do like an ongoing, like every episode we do a quick update on the behind the scenes things like, you know, tokenomics platform, like what kind of software stack are we doing? All that kind of stuff. Um, and so if you guys, especially on YouTube, if you, if you dig that idea, let us know in the comments. Um, and we'll, we'll make that a staple. Um, but yeah, in terms of what, what have I done, um, since our last episode, I mean, I, I did a lot of research, um, into kind of like, there's two kind of components to the crypto drip platform as it compares to right now. And the first one is, uh, the CMS, what are we going to use for the content management system? Um, because especially if you create, if you create a, an organization with a lot of content creators, they need a way to be able to easily publish their data. Right. Right. So that's kind of like the first one. The second one is what are we, how are we going to present that all that content to people in a way that users 
it's easy to navigate the site is fast you know all, all that stuff that matter seo blah blah right um so i've been kind of like doing some research just on you know what are the best stacks and i and i think we kind of landed there's a couple uh for the cms side i think i'm leaning very heavily towards uh statomic which is kind of a it's a very open content modeling cms that kind of lets you create all sorts of content in a way that I think would grow flexibly with TCD as it grows and as content creators come in. And then for the front end, I think we're leaning towards Next.js, which is just, it's a, it's a very modern stack that allows for um, pretty much us to do anything we want. <laughs> I mean, nice. honestly, and, and it can port over into a mobile app in the future if we want to build um, some iOS and Android apps. Um, we could use those same user interface elements. So that's kind of where I'm at currently. Um, and then I started kind of working on a roadmap, just kind of better detailing, like what the vision is. I, I created a couple of uh, repos on GitHub <clears throat> for the CMS and for the front end. And it was interesting. One of our community members commented on there like, oh, now I think I know where you're going with this. And I was like, shoot, maybe I, I'm not explaining this very well. <laughs> so I think, a, <laughs> I think a roadmap is really going to help the community kind of understand what steps we need to take to get to where we're thinking, because there's a lot of steps we have to take. I mean, we're completely centralized right now. So there's yeah, a lot of, for sure. you know, wh where do we have to go f to get from where we are now to where the community actually votes for the content that they want? That's, that's a, we have to cross an ocean to get there. Yeah, so. definitely. I do want to get into, you just published a article this past week on Wednesday um, as a part of our deep dives that we do for TCD, that one is free to the public. It was on Oracle pools. And, um, I wanted to kind of go over that with you. I gave it a read. It was super interesting, dude. Super good job writing that. One thing that popped up in my mind was a new concept that you have pretty much coined. <laughs> Let's call it token, uh, truth market and you know, yeah. how one, would be able to value a market like that and how it would be able to be a market in its own. Could you elaborate a little bit on this truth market concept? So oracles in general, in, in case um, our listeners don't know what that means, um, it's kind of a blockchain idea of decentralizing data feeds uh, that happen outside of the blockchain and providing them to uh, dApps that run inside the blockchain. And this article was on Oracle pools uh, in particular. And the whole idea of like a truth market, like it's kind of a catch 22 because decentralizing information isn't actually truth, right? Like it's more coming to a, a reliable source of consensus, right? Right. And what happens is like you could have a whole group of you know the masses uh, basically believe a lie and that would make it onto the blockchain right as long as enough people believed it so the whole idea of like a truth market is kind of a joke um but i do think that you know like awesome I, i'm just <laughs> I was i'm very just excited. like <laughs> you're just wrong there is no truth market no i was very That's excited really... for this entirely new asset class and like, it's gonna be so good well, okay, so I, I think it is, right? I think, let me put it this way. People, and I, I don't know how this currently works, but the average person just trusts another party, right? 
for mo for most users, we find uh, centralized authorities in our society that act as like kind of our basically our oracles. I mean, I actually said that in the article that right. You know, oracles take many many shapes and forms in society, right. and and right now it's it's mostly centra centralized institutions like. You know, you can think of, of government departments. You can think of um, even like school teachers are oracles in, in their own right. Um, but they're all centralized, one. They're all kind of like there's a, there's a certain amount of trust that you have to assign to this person or institution. Um, and they're usually like selfishly motivated. There's a lot of opportunity for agendas mm -hmm. within these oracles. Right. And it's usually because they're people. Um, so the concept of like an Oracle pool decentralizing truth for like the modern age, because blockchain is immutable, because you can't change it, because the information is stored always. Um, right. And because like in the concept of Oracle pools, it's it's public data. It's it's almost like a public good. And this differs a little bit from like other um, Oracle solutions out there. Uh, but the, the whole idea is that it lives on the blockchain, that data is stored on the blockchain as a transaction, and anybody can look at that information. So this idea of a right. truth market, I think, kind of comes to light when, you know, how much would you pay to get the most decentralized? I was going to say, from reading the article and hearing what you're saying, like, there, there really isn't a possibility of absolute truth. Um, because everybody's going to carry their own bias and that's going to take form in the way that they, you know, project information for other people onto other people, et cetera. But you're saying with the checks and balances allowed through blockchain, we get closer and closer to the goal of absolute truth, realizing that unlike perfection, we'll never really reach it. And basically just saying, how much do you value the closest thing to the absolute truth? Is that, am I kind of on track there? Yeah. Yeah. And I think like, a good a good example, and you know I hate to bring up sticky topics, but this is just kind of like, I mean this is where the rubber meets the road, right? Is in these controversial uh, topics where people have differing op opinions, where they have differing data to support their opinion, right? Um, and it's just like this ongoing war um, online, and there's not necessarily an aggregation of that data. Um, and if it is aggregated, it's aggregated through a centralized institution. To where half the population already decides, well, that's that's invalid because of this, this, and that, and because I don't like that, I don't like the New York Times or whatever. Right. So the example is vaccines, so controversial, especially with COVID, because it's so new. You have almost the same amount of information saying that the COVID vaccines are effective as you do information saying that they're not effective, right? Mm -hmm. And you, it's like, how do you decide? Like you could do your own research, as people always say. But that leads you down this rabbit hole of, of taking on the burden of doing all the research yourself. And a lot of us are not epidemiologists or, or we're not like we don't have a scientific background to be able to make an educated decision like that. Right. So there has to be some offloading of that trust. And I think Oracle pools provide a trustless way to do that with the most decentralized, balanced uh, consensus among people within that blockchain network to come to a conclusion. So you could say, you know, like, let's just say if we, we live in a society where there's a truth market and there's a lot of money in that truth market, people are incentivized 
to provide the right data right. or accurate data. And then it's, right. it's, um, it's a lot more trustworthy without having to rely on a central institution. <laughs> no, I mean, it's an interesting uh, concept and it's obviously like in the broader view of things, like it's something that, you know, less than 0.5% of the people are even aware of or talking about. So in the article, you mentioned uh, a comparison between Chainlink, which is running on Ethereum. Um, it's sort of uh, held back or hindered by Ethereum's accounting model, um, which is an account-based model. Uh, and then you kind of draw out comparisons between how Oracle pools uh, would be run on Ergor Cardano uh, on the EUTXO model or the extended UTXO model. Um, I just wanted to see if you would uh, elaborate on kind of the differences there and, and why Cardano and Ergo have a leg up in terms of using the EUTXO model or the account model. I don't know if a leg up is the right term. Um, and, I'll, and I'll preface this by saying like, I would refer to myself as a student a blockchain, not a blockchain ex expert. Right. <laughs> so, you know, I feel like I have to put in the disclaimer that I could be totally wrong here. Um, but the way that I understand it is that, so the two accounting models, just to define them, is the accounting model, it operates like a bank. So you have an account number and you have a certain ledger of assets that belong in, into that account. And when you make uh, deposits and withdrawals, there's not like you only take what you need out of that account. The EUTXO model is, is just an extension of the UTXO model, which is unspent transaction outputs. And in this accounting model, it's just like an account address has control over any number of, of these UTXOs. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so you don't actually have like an account balance. You, you more have, a bunch of UTXOs that you own. And within right. these UTXOs, there's a, there's a balance. So let's say on like a Dano, let's say I have 500 ADA, I might have 100 ADA and one UTXO and 400 ADA and another UTXO. And my account has permission to spend those transactions. The difference is that it, it, it consumes the whole transaction. So if I were to send 50 ADA to you, mm -hmm. it would take let's say it would spend the 100 transactions or the 100 UTXO mm -hmm. and it would, it would spend all of that and it would create two more, two new outputs, one with 50 ADA that you control and one with 50 ADA that I control. And so that's okay. kind of how UTXO differs um, okay. from account-based. And it's, it's a lot more flexible, like, I suppose is the right term. Right, so that's what I was going to get into. So, so in terms of Oracle pools, what makes the UTXO model uh, functionality more flexible? Yeah, so I think in a, in the accounting model on Ethereum and let's take Chainlink for instance, they heavily rely on smart contracts right. to to deliver their data. So let's say data a data request comes in, there's an Oracle pool uh, running in this it's smart contract, and all these Oracle providers submit data to it, um, and it's it spits it back out. Um, an Oracle pool on a UTXO model, kind of like Cardano or like Ergo. It basically allows anybody to create a transaction and because you can assign meta metadata into that transaction, you don't actually need like a smart contract there. Because you can do that, you can post that and reference the Oracle pool's parent transaction as a way to tie to tie all of these UTXOs together. 
And then the Oracle pool basically spends a final transaction with the aggregated data of all these UTXOs altogether. Um, the, the flexibility here is that you don't actually, like anybody can participate in that, but it can also like, you could, you could stack Oracle pools on top of each other, for instance. So you could have like, you could have an Oracle pool that provides the price of Bitcoin, okay? Right. And you have like five Oracle pools in that spending transactions and it goes okay. and it, and it uh, basically gets finalized as a transaction onto the Cardano blockchain. This is also where the public good comes from because it's a transaction on the actual ledger, you can read that data point. Whereas like on Chainlink, it lives inside of a smart contract and you can't, you can't really read that data. Interesting. Right. So, right. so let's just say you have that first Oracle pool. Now let's say we have, there's like five independent Oracle pools all providing that data. You can have another Oracle pool on top that aggregates the final transaction of all those Oracle pools and you get another level of decentralization. Interesting. Also, another level of checks and balances and making sure right. that data is, you know, correct. Mm-hmm. And and actually, like, because there's a reference between all these UTXOs, the higher up the level could actually charge more for higher assurance, but then it pays all the Oracle pools below it. Interesting. Yeah. That's so. I and like that. and the difference with like Chainlink is like, it's all its own DAO, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas the, the, um, the UTXO model on Cardano and Ergo, it's actually just a native like public good. It lives on the blockchain. They can have, the Oracle pool could have its own like mini DAO is, right. is a term that I've heard. But they, they're not necessarily tied to like this single Oracle framework. They all use the blockchain kind of at its, with Very its own native capabilities. Okay, yeah. so, so say, right, like, there are these mini ecosystems or mini DAOs for these decentralized pools, these Oracle pools, but is there like a protocol blanket layer that's governing the rule sets for them? Like, you know, is there a, or is the govern is the governance within like the mini DAO or is the governance a blanket layer? Like I was saying. Yeah, no, the governments would be a mini DAO. It, it would be wow. within the Oracle pool itself. So for instance, that's crazy. You could, yeah, you can kind of think of it like a mining pool, right? Like right. each mining pool is completely separate to itself, but they operate on a native layer. They right. pay out in their tokens or whatever, Very in the native token. But you could actually create an Oracle pool where like, hey, we're going to have our own token. We're going to pay all of our Oracle providers in that token for, for posting transactions with the data, the data feed. And then you can right. also have like some, you can still do on-demand um you know, that happens in a smart contract or on a, a sidechain where, right. you know, a user might ping it. But the benefit too of this is like, because it's, because it's a public good, it's, it's very, 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 very cheap for the end user to get that data request. Whereas right now on, on Chainlink, I think it costs, uh, I'm not going to throw, I'm not going to spit something out, but it's, yeah. it's more expensive. Right. So, so you're getting added decentralization you're getting added checks and balances, filters, uh, AKA like uh, more fine tuned data or off chain, you know, uh, bridging to, to on chain. Um, yeah. But you're also think, getting it as an added bonus for a cheaper cost. Right. And, and it's also like, it's, it's the, the complete history of that data is available for anybody because the blockchain's public. 
Right. So then now now so, we can branch out into to other things besides just, you know, pricing of Bitcoin, like having that sort of like global um, state of all the uh, data points that a, a pool is provided. Then you can also have uh, further like, you know, um, again, like checks and balances for other people in terms of like, you know, sports betting or like you were saying, uh, some of the other avenues for what oracles mm -hmm. could provide. Yep. And, and there's also something to be said here too, like anybody could actually post a transaction with this data. So you wouldn't necessarily need to have, like for instance, you could have, um, I mean, whether or not this is practical, but technically it's possible to have a, a group like the, the, uh, the audience be the referee where they post. Right. You know, you decentralize. I mean, obviously you wouldn't do that, but I'm just saying that that's possible because anybody, all, all you have to do is spend something with some metadata. You would just spend right. a transaction fee. Yeah. So, so, so at some point, like Cardano, you know, you could spin up an Oracle pool for Cardano. I don't know how they're going to weave that in maybe with uh, stake pool operators, uh, but you could have an yeah. Oracle pool for, um, you know, voting outcomes or hotel travel mm -hmm. prices, like you were saying. Yeah, yep. that's, that, that's yep. super interesting. And I mean, it, you know, it's worth it's worth pointing out, like y you can do that on Chainlink. It's just right. it's a little bit more. I think it lives in inside of a tighter uh, lane. And right. That's not always necessarily a bad thing, but it's also you know they also have to deal with high gas prices and yeah, you know, definitely. Then you got the, the whole blockchain <laughs> network to deal with. Yeah, yeah, but but you know that's also something that I. You know, Chainlink is actually blockchain agnostic. It's just their link right. token is on Ethereum. Yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, yeah, dude, that that article is awesome, and I uh, I do like reading all of your more technical stuff. It's very uh, contrast. Yeah, I mean, my very fine hands. Yeah, you know, I mean, stuff. it's like it took me a month to write that article, and I mm -hmm. still like you know, if it's not already painfully obvious, like I still probably understand maybe twenty five percent of of the underlying like technical capabilities, but also like, what does that actually mean? Like I was talking to somebody on Twitter recently who's insanely smart, but they, they talk about, you know, use cases for this, like ride sharing or like, um, you know, routing or whatever, like basically almost a sharing economy within, within that, um, mm -hmm. of sharing data through mm -hmm. an Oracle pool. Um, yeah, it's just really fascinating stuff. And then, the, and then the whole, idea of like a truth market you know there'd be a lot of money in high more and more levels of uh decentralization more and more levels of um aggregation to get the most you know the most accurate data possible right it's interesting yeah i mean we're definitely heading to to a world more like that i actually want to hear about the paper bite you're working on right now so first tell us what a paper bite is for uh our youtube subscribers who don't know um and then also what it's on this the one that you're currently working on so uh our paper bite series is sort of like the easy version of white papers right so nobody wants to go out and read a 70 page highly mathematical theoretical uh convoluted white paper on the tokenomic structure or the mechanism design of a new project so our new uh, series is the paper bite, where we do the research for you and we 
publish a very miniature sized readable digestible article that covers basically everything that uh one of these uh protocols uh covered in their white paper and right now i'm writing uh one on the terra ecosystem or the luna ecosystem uh which is a very big ecosystem and it's taking me a lot longer to research than i had originally planned but that's how these things goes especially when yep. pretty much everything you research in this asset class is new to your uh skill set so yeah as of right now i'm kind of learning more about how their treasury system works how it compares to other treasury systems um and i kind of want to i'm trying to relate it as best as possible to at least my traditional understanding of a treasury system that way you guys can understand also how a traditional treasury system works and how an algorithmic um cryptocurrency treasury system could work so that's where i'm at right now um i should be done here pretty soon um likely going to go out next week monday though however we'll definitely have the monday market outlook where i will deep dive into all things finance all things economics all things bitcoin all things altcoins uh based off of what i've been seeing what i've been reading and what i think is going to happen next uh but yeah that's where i'm at i got one question for you and i think i'm i'm gonna make this a staple for our podcast and i haven't told calvin what the question is so he has no idea and i also just thought of it five seconds ago but calvin i think i'm gonna ask (laughs) i think i'm gonna ask this uh once a week what do you think what do you think for this next week up or down oh you kidding (laughs) me (laughs) yeah this is gonna be good because i'm gonna get it wrong 95 percent of the time and we'll keep Um, we'll keep a tally oh my god (laughs) the amount of times calvin's been wrong Ah, oh, dude. Okay, hang on. Let me. You don't even uh, have to. You look, don't even let me have look to at, explain why. Just give no, me a up or down. Hey, me, uh, well, I, I want to make a semi-educated guess in the in the five minutes that you gave me, and I'm thinking <laughs> in the next week. So from today is Sunday, but today's still the end of Saturday. Starting from Sunday to next Sunday, do you think it's going to be a red week or a green week? I'm going to say green. Uh, Calvin says green. I'm going to say, I'm going to go ahead and say green as well. Up only. Up only it is from the Up TCB only, boys. Which, which guarantees will be, will plummet another 50. I'm almost which positive. Basi- yeah, which basically means 3,000 Bitcoin by Friday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. I think Talk that wraps up. I, I got to pick yeah. your brain as much as I want to pick your brain. I definitely didn't want to get too much into the market specifics because I want to save that juicy, juicy stuff for the Monday market outlook. Alrighty, dude. Well, thanks for the chat. Uh, We'll talk next week. Yeah. Yeah. I'll see you then. Have a good one. All right. See you. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you have any questions or concerns, make sure you leave a comment in the comments below. And if you're listening to us on the podcast, you can find us on YouTube at youtube.com slash the crypto drip. Also, remember, you can support the Crypto Drip as we move from a centralized content network to a decentralized DAO by going to thecryptodrip.com slash join. Make sure you subscribe for 10 bucks a month and get access to Monday Market Outlooks, as well as our unique paper bite series where we break down white papers into digestible paper bites. All right, I think that's it. Until next week, keep that brew hot. <laughs>